So welcome, everybody. Uh, it's a real pleasure to have you back. If you're a listener, if not, if you're a new listener, welcome to our podcast for our coaches. In this session, I'll be talking with David Butterfield on the topic of overcoming our internal barriers. David is a professional coach. In fact, I trained him um, over five years ago, which seems ages ago now, David. It certainly does. But before becoming a professional coach, David had a successful career in learning and development, working with, amongst others, Aggregate Industries, Dale Carnegie and DHL. David also has a passion for helping those less advantaged to achieve their potential and is a board member with Lindley Educational Trust, a not-for-profit organisation using outdoor education to fulfil this aim. So, David, welcome. It's a real pleasure to have you as a guest on the podcast. Thank you, Trey. And likewise, it's uh, really good to be here. So um, I'm looking forward to uh, to discussing uh, you know, internal barriers with you. Me, me too. And let's start with hopefully a very simple question in that what is a barrier? OK, well, a, a barrier, really, if you think if you think about them, it's a it's a mechanism that's designed to keep us safe. So the the, the analogy I, you, you mentioned, I work for Agri Industries and that was in construction and engineering. There's barriers everywhere when you go on a site for very good reasons. They're there to keep people safe. So if you drive onto an Agri Industries site or any construction site, you'll the first thing you come to is a barrier of entry. There'll be somebody there asking you why you're there and what you're doing. And if you're not authorised to be there, the barrier won't go up. But if you are, you can proceed because it's there to keep you safe, stop you going into areas where you shouldn't be. And same with, um, you know, a piece of machinery will have a barrier in front of it to stop any of the operators going in there inadvertently. So they're things that are designed to keep us safe. That's the purpose of a barrier. So they're good things. The problem is that if you leave them there when the, the risk is no longer there, they become unhelpful. So if it's roadworks and the barriers are there to stop you going to the roadworks, once the roadworks are finished, you know, the barriers are cleared away and the road's safe to go down again. You don't leave them in place. But unfortunately, as human beings, we have internal barriers which are put in place sometimes years ago when we were small and we can explore some of those. And unfortunately, as adults, we still have them in place. You know, we can be 30, 40, 50 years old and those barriers are still there. And so that's not helpful when we're trying to um, operate in a a corporate world or or just general day to day uh, meetings with people. So what you're saying then is that a barrier is something that we put in place as a human being to Mm. keep us safe. Yes. And, And there are times where it's relevant to keep that barrier in place to keep us safe. Mm hmm. But a lot of the time we keep those barriers in place when maybe we don't need them and they may be getting in the way in, in using the analogy of the road. You know, if the barrier yeah. is still in the road and we need to access that road or go down that road, then yep. the barriers there, it gets in our way. It slows us down. Yes. Great. OK. Is there anything else about barriers that our listeners need to be aware of from your perspective? Because that's an interesting way of, in my mind, of positioning the term barrier from a coaching perspective, I guess. Well, yeah, I suppose it is. Don't look at them as unhelpful things because they were put in place for a purpose. So using the road closure analogy, the reason it's there is to keep us safe. But it's only unhelpful if the barrier is no longer necessary. And that's, the, I suppose, the key thing when we're looking at internal barriers and overcoming them. Why do we need to overcome them? It's normally because they're no longer helpful. They served a purpose maybe when we were children, but they don't serve a purpose now. And, And they can hold us back if we still have those barriers in place and we haven't overcome them. Right. Okay, that's interesting. So we should be looking at barriers as a positive thing because they keep us safe, Mm. but they become uh, an interference, I guess, if we keep them in place when we don't need them and we Mm. don't need them to keep us safe. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So can you give me some examples of barriers? You know, get, bring that alive for our listeners. Well, some, some of the common ones, if you think of um, in, in the workplace, a lot of the frustrations I get as a coach, and I'm sure if other people listening to this are coaches, you, you'll probably have the same sort of thing. People, you'll be coaching somebody and you, somebody will say, I can't do that. And then you explore a bit more. Say some more about that. Why can't you do it? And it's normally when, when you've explored it, it's usually a barrier of some kind that's saying they can't do it. So it might be I can't do presentations to groups of people. So you explore why is that? Well, I, I can't do it. I get completely, I just freeze. I just panic. I just I just can't find the words. It's just, I can't do it. And, and a coach, will just say, I can't do it. I can't do this. And that's a, that's a barrier that's preventing that individual from doing what actually is a perfectly non-threatening thing to do. You know, talking to people like you and me are, but to a group of people, that's not a threatening thing, but we perceive it as being a threat. And so therefore, our internal mechanisms to protect us say, no, you're not going to do that. So that's why I can't do a presentation. So that's an example of, a, of an internal barrier. Another one is I've heard I've heard coaches say, oh, I, I have to be the best at this. I've got to succeed. And then you can explore it a bit further and you don't have to succeed at everything. That's perfectly OK sometimes when you, you know, you can you can do your best and you don't quite succeed. And there are times when that's OK. But if you have that internal barrier that says I've got to do this, I've got to succeed, I've got to be perfect. That can really, really affect our behaviour and and hold us back and and you know affect the relationships we have sometimes. So those are barriers, and uh, you know as coaches we can explore where those barriers came from because there'll, there'll have been a reason at some point in that individual's life where they served a purpose, um, but they no longer do. So the barriers are there to keep us safe, but when mm. we keep them there, when we don't need them. They mm. get in the way of the things that we need to be doing on a normal factors like presenting yep. and, and, and other right. elements. I can't do this or I need to be successful yes. in that. Yeah. OK. OK. Great. Another one could be, you know, when we're children, we're told um, a lot of the time, you know, it's, it's, it's not safe to talk to strangers, which it isn't. You know, when you're five years old, that's a really helpful barrier to have in place for yeah. parents. It's not safe to go out to the streets, talk to people you don't know. There's risks associated with that. It's, and so that's a really helpful barrier. It's not helpful when you're 30 years old going for a job interview because because you're going to meet strangers. Yeah, it's a really good example. Yeah, and, really you know, good example. A lot of people you have that situation where you apply for a job and you, everything's going great. And then you get the invitation to interview. And that inner barrier says, no, you can't do that. You're going to be meeting strangers. You don't you won't know the situation. It's out of my control. And the, the barrier comes out and. and you know, at, at its at its, you know, it, it might just be a case of we get nervous going for the interview. That's fine. At its worst, it would be you you let the employer know that you can't do it anymore. You know, I've got another job, so I won't be coming for the interview. So it holds you back from going for a job that was probably perfectly suitable for you and be ideal. But that yeah. barrier says I can't do it. I can't go and meet people. Going to networking events, I don't like meeting other people. I don't like meeting new people. It could well be that that dates back to perfectly good barriers when we were five years old, but are no longer relevant. Yeah. So I, I guess the ideal is that we can put barriers in place to protect us, to keep us safe, mm -hmm. but then to be effective and to perform to our best, we need to understand when those barriers are no longer needed and to remove them. Yes. Yeah, because they're just otherwise they're clutter. They're getting in the way of Absolutely. what we need to, yes. to achieve. Yeah. OK, so give me examples or give me an explanation of how you help your coaches to remove those unhealthy barriers yeah i mean there's 
as coaches, we use various tools, don't we? There's, there's all kinds of tools we use. We use the Grow model. That's a really, really helpful model. There are various tools and, and models that we use. And the, the best ones I've always found, and I'm sure other coaches listening to this, are the ones that appear simple, but are actually really, really powerful ones. So the Grow is a great example. It's a dead simple model. It's four letters and it, it helps you structure a coaching conversation, but it's so, so powerful. And the, the one I use mainly to help people, there's lots of models you can use, but the one I use mainly is Steve Peters, Professor Steve Peters' Chimp Paradox. Um, which which is something um, your listeners may be familiar with, may not be familiar with. But but Steve Peters um, came up with this analogy, and it's an analogy of we, we've all got a chimp that lives inside us. It's not a real chimp, but it's it's an analogy of the thing that's inside us to protect us. So the chimp lives in a box inside us, and it's perfectly happy while it's sitting in its box. Everything's fine. But when we're threatened or we perceive that we're being threatened, the chimp jumps out of its box and protects us. And it does that in one of three ways. It's the fight, flight or freeze uh, mechanism. So the first thing is, can I fight it? And you've got aggressive chimp that sometimes comes out. So if you ever see people fighting somewhere in a pub or wherever, that is two aggressive chimps that have jumped out of their boxes and you know having a go at each other because mm. it's fight. It's the fight mechanism to get what I want and protect myself. The other one is the flight mechanism. So if you can't fight it, your chimp will say, OK, I'll find ways of moving you out of this situation so there's no longer a danger. So if it's the presentation example, you're in a meeting and your boss says to you, Trayton, can you please uh, do this presentation at the next meeting because you'd be really good at it? Your chimp will say, OK, I can't fight him. He's my boss or she's my boss. So therefore, we'll find a way of getting out of this. So you'll say, well, um, things like I don't think I'm the best person to do this, but, you know, this person's more qualified than me. So you find a way of moving out of the situation and deflecting it. That's the flight. Get away from it. And then the third one, which is probably the most dangerous and the most unhelpful, if your chimp says, I can't fight this, there's no means of flight and moving you away. The only other option I've got is to go into freeze mode where the individual is just struck down. They can't speak. They can't hardly breathe sometimes in extreme situations. And that is a really unpleasant and unhelpful place to be because your chimp is trying to protect you from going through this barrier that you've got, but it, it doesn't know how to do it. So you go into that freeze mode. And any of listeners who've experienced that, where you've been in a meeting and you just freeze, it's not a very nice position to be in. Yeah. And uh, you know, as coaches, we can help people who face those kind of barriers. And I think it's also important to appreciate those fight, flight and freeze elements are all mm. very natural yes, approaches. And putting mm. there to going back to the core word of barriers to yeah. protect us. Yes, it to is. Make that's sure right. that's we right. keep in a safe, safe, mm. safe place. Yeah. Okay. And there are positives to that. You know, if we're in a real genuine danger situation, then going into flight mode or fight mode even and, and, and freeze mode are sometimes very helpful, even in an adult life and a normal um, environment. You've got to perceive danger or real danger. Then those are, are justified barriers to, uh, to still have in place. But it's not if you're trying to go for an interview or, or make a presentation to a group of 10 people in a, in a meeting room. Yeah, I'd like to come back and unpick those three elements. But before yeah. we do so, I just want to reinforce the the book you, you spoke about chimp paradox it's a great book and if our mm. listeners haven't got that on their bookshelf it's certainly one one to read and it's, it's a very practical book mm. which gives you some good tips so let's talk about the fight flight and freeze elements and within that element, how do you help your coaches to be able to manage those three elements mm. effectively to remove or to dilute i guess because sometimes you yeah. can't remove those barriers right no 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 it's just yeah. diluting and, and minimizing the impact that barrier is having yeah. so give me some sort of coaching approaches techniques mm. styles that you use around those three areas 
Okay. Well, well, the 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 first thing to realise is if you, if you use the chimp analogy, imagine it is a chimp. A chimp. If you go and see a chimp in the wild, or you're, you're fortunate enough to go on a safari and you meet chimps in the wild, they're mm. extremely strong animals. They're far stronger than we are. You know, the, the 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 experts tell us at least five times stronger than a human being is a chimp. So if you've got an inner chimp, and we all have, there's no point trying to fight it. There's no point trying to to um, control your chimp because you can't do it. This is our primitive. It's, it's, it goes back to our primitive brain. And it's five times stronger than we are. It controls our behavior. So you can't wrestle it. You can't fight it. What you can do, though, is put in place what we're going to talk about now, which is strategies to manage that chimp. Uh, it'll always be there, but you can manage it and keep it in its box where it's safe and happy and, and likes to be. Mm. Um, so th- there are three ways that Steve um, Peters talks about of how we can how we can manage. And this is where the coach can really come in here. You can do it yourself, but it's a lot harder than doing it yourself. It's much easier if you do it with a trusted person and a coach is the ideal person uh, to work through the process with. So, so the first thing you do is what Steve Peters calls exercise the chimp. So by exercising it, it means in a safe and controlled environment, which a coaching session is, it's, it's a, a confidential, confidential safe space to do it. it. It's allowing the coachee to exercise. That's what we do in non-directive coaching. Just talk about the situation. Say some more about the, the I can't do presentations. Say some more about I can't go to meetings. I can't allow the chimp because it is the chimp you're talking to, the, the uh, you know, the irrational, emotional part of that. Uh, individual that's causing them the, uh, the the problem and talk it through that's what exercising the chimp is and you use non-directive coaching you listen you reflect you'll summarize say some more about that okay so you can't do presentations let's let's explore that You're using non-directive coaching skills after a while your chimp becomes exhausted it's had enough of uh, jumping around banging its chest and and running around the fields it's had enough it tires out and that's at that point with a coach where you can realize it's now time to move into the next stage once you've exercised it and allowed the individual to exercise the uh, the chimp. When you can box the chimp, that's what Steve Peters calls it, put the chimp safely back in its box again where it, where it belongs. And you do that by then introducing logic and having a logical conversation about what can we do to overcome this barrier and to break through. You, you can't have that conversation with somebody when they're still in an emotional state. So while they're panicking about doing the presentation and emotional, the chimp's out of its box. Logic doesn't work. That's what the exercising comes from. But once you've done the exercising, the chimp's calm. You can use a logical conversation. So you can move to using the grow analogy. The reality is kind of the exercising piece where you're exercising the chimp, talking through the current situation. The boxing it is the next bit you go to where you're looking at options. Okay, so what can you do in order to be more effective doing presentations, in order to be more effective going out talking to people? Okay, and so you come up with options and you explore options as you do in a coaching conversation. Yeah, OK, that's, that's a nicely, nice way of putting it. So in the exercise piece, you're allowing the chimp to the coachee to express what it's feeling, what it's noticing and trying to yes. put some of that emotion into a way that allows it to settle down, as you say, stop the chimp from beating its chest or whatever mm-hmm. it's it's doing to but to allow to it, it offload. And yes, to exercise right. and to mm-hmm. to get rid of a lot of that emotion that that may yes. exist, and by doing that, it allows you then to get into a state which is calmer, yep. and and can see things maybe without the emotion and all the interference that 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 the chimp may have mm. been creating, which you then box it up yep. to put it in. You use the word logical to really understand. Okay, so what's the reality here yep. of the logical steps that I can take? Now you've taken an exercise and got exactly. removed or reduced mm-hmm. the interference and the emotional elements yeah. of it. Yeah. 
And the challenge, I suppose, for us as coaches, particularly if we're new to coaching, is we, we jump in too early. We don't allow that exercising time. So important yes. that you allow that exercising time of just listening. Sometimes it is just listening. It's just listening. The occasional reflection, the occasional summarise. Just listening. Let the let the coachee explain to us what's going on, even if it sounds irrational to us. It's the coachee's world. Yeah. So it's don't step in too early. We're trying to go into, oh, we can just do this, this, this and this because the coachee isn't ready. Your chimp's not ready at that stage. Yeah. And my experience, David, working with coaches is that we try and control the chimp too early. Mm. You know, if the chimp wants to exercise and share all of that good data yeah. uh, and that emotion, we've just got to sit there and hold it. Uh, and mm-hmm. as you say, and we come back to your point around the grow model, mm-hmm. just by holding the conversation, allowing yeah. that data to be expressed, allows things to be a little bit calmer, mm-hmm. uh, allows the coachee to raise the awareness and to filter out some of those interferences and in that emotion that the chimp yes. has. Exactly right, Drake. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Great. So that's so, the first two, the, 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 the exercise, the chimp, then you box yep. it, you're putting yep. a, pl- a plan together as you would in the option stage. And then you get to the what are you going to do stage? That's the that's the boxing. it. The, th- the thing where a lot of coaching conversations, then you, that, that would be the end of a coaching conversation. In, in some cases, you'd say, great, we've uh, we've talked about the, the reality. Tick that off. We've got a goal. Tick that off. Be better at presentations. We've got some options and we've got a plan. Fantastic. Great. See you in a month's time and t- come back and tell me how you're getting on with your presentations. When you're looking at the chimp paradox, we've only done two stages of it. We've exercised the chimp, we've boxed the chimp, but now that individual has still got to go and do those presentations. So the third part of managing the chimp is what Steve Peters calls feeding the chimp bananas, which is a great way of looking at it. It's about reward and distraction. So the final thing we do with the coachee, once they've got their plan and the chimp's happy, yes, you can do this. The barrier is still there at that moment in time. It's still in place. The fear of presentations is still there. The fear of talking to people is still there. You've got to break through the barrier. And you do that with the feeding it bananas. So as a coachee, again, it's asking questions and getting the coachee to really focus beyond that barrier, to look beyond it and see big, juicy bananas using the chimp paradox analogy. You can see those big bananas beyond it. What's life going to be like once you can overcome this barrier? Asking those questions. Well, I'm going to be able to I'm going to be able to present to my management team meeting. I'm going to be able to go for job interviews. I'm going to be able to do this, this and this, have more confidence, whatever it is. That's the the the, the, the real motivation. It's that intrinsic motivation that Daniel Pink talks about. It's what's going to drive them through that barrier. And it's so important we don't, you know, we don't shortcut that, that we spend time building that future of what it's going to look like once you've broken through the barrier. That's the intrinsic ones. Now, there's physical things you can do as well. You know, the reward is um, what things does the individual like doing, which they perceive as a reward. If it's a, if it's a fairly small barrier, it might be well but going out for a meal at your favourite restaurant. That could be something you do when you've when you've done this challenge that you've got to do. If it's a really big barrier, that banana needs to be really huge. Mm-hmm. So it could be, you know, where, mm-hmm. when, where do you like going? Well, me and my partner like going to, to to Paris or Rome or something. We've not been for years. Could that be something which you could do and reward yourself when you've done this? Yeah, we could. We could do that. So you're creating that real motivation that's going to get to the point where that barrier is just going to be unstoppable. And, and you know that when you've left that coaching session, there's no way they're going to fail. So bananas is a nice term and as we're using the word chimp i guess it links in with it yeah the way i look at it is what's the benefits of the change for the coachee yes and it's giving the coachee an understanding that there are benefits there's some what's in it for me for putting this effort into reducing this barrier and doing things differently and overcoming these fears and exercising and the chimp but also boxing the chimp to get to that logic because 
in my own experience, the the emotion, as you quite rightly say, the barriers don't disappear. The emotion is yeah, still there. It's they do. It's an ability to understand it, control it, calm it down, yep. so that I can see that logical approach mm-hmm. and I can address whatever the uh, challenges ahead of me or the task ahead of me uh, and deliver on that. But I also need to appreciate that there's a benefit in doing that, uh, the bananas, as, as you yes. talk about. I know I wouldn't necessarily use the term bananas. If the chimp, if the, if the coachee doesn't understand sure. the chip paradox, I wouldn't suddenly say, sure. right, we're going to, we're going to yeah. do some bananas now. They think you're going crazy. <laughs> but, but if the coachee knows about the chimp paradox, a lot of the time in coaching sessions, I'll say to them, look, what I'm going to do now is introduce you to the chimp paradox. And then you explain what it is. And people go, oh, right, I can see that now. I can see, I can see how I've got a chimp and how that's held me back all these years. So when you're in that, you've got the relationship to that stage, then you can say, right, let's create some bananas and see what you can, what, what can happen when you've broken through this barrier. Yeah, great. And, and I think that sort of approach also talks into a lot of other models that I'm aware mm. of. So, you know, you've got the William Bridges model, which is about transitions. Mm. Yeah, it's about new beginnings and w- what understanding those new beginnings will give me and the benefit of crossing the bridge, if I may use that, that mm. term, of, and transitioning to those new ways of operating. But also in the William Bridges model, it talks about letting go. You know, yes. So I've got to let go of some of those barriers I've put in place. I've got to let go of how things were. And I've got to move to new ways, new beginnings, new ways of, of, of mm-hmm. operating. There's also, which I'm sure you're aware of, this model is the structure of a problem. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've got to yeah. do a presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, the, the problem is I don't know how to do that without reducing this this barrier. So when we, yeah. we talk into, and I, I guess the the sort of chimp paradox model talks into the reality first mm-hmm. another approach is to look at the bananas yeah um, first and look at the benefits and actually the vision of where i'm trying to get to mm-hmm. and you know once the problem solved what will that give me yes um where will i be what will i be doing what will mm-hmm. i be saying what will i be feeling different yeah. and starting from that perspective rather than starting from from the reality so there are other different models as we know that are are out there but it all those three elements and phases i guess they're all there and whichever one we use it really is important that as coaches we don't neglect the life after the barrier uh, situation because having going through the grow model is great i love the grow model but when you get to the w what are you going to do that is not the end of it it doesn't mean the coach is going to do it they've still got to break through the barrier and they've got to have that internal motivation whichever model you use whichever analogy you use You've got to face the thing that you don't want to do. Yeah. And the only way people can do that, I, the only way I can do something I don't want to do is if I know it's going to be worthwhile. And I know that um, th- there's a real, the pain of doing this is actually smaller than the benefit I'm going to get. Yeah. And, and at a sort of very basic level, David, what we're talking about here is change, right? Mm. Going from one state to a new state. And that's why I love the yeah. William Bridges model. Mm. And understanding that to change, it takes effort. Yes. I need to do things differently. And, and those things aren't, easy to change mm. and not only do i need to change the new ways of doing but i need to embed and sustain those new ways of operating and those can be very uncomfortable yeah they can i think there's also other barriers as well training that we, we, we probably not got time on there on this uh, this podcast to talk about but there are physical barriers in companies that, that exist as well which are internal which which you know you, you are, are possible to overcome I mean, mm. I've been working recently with with you know some of the some of the clients of, of coaching focus and you know, the ones that you and me have been working on. And yeah. some, sometimes you have physical barriers in a in a company which are there to serve a purpose. We have expense uh, procedures which are in there to stop people spending money unnecessarily. Great barriers to prevent you uh, to you know using company money unwisely. That's fantastic. Trouble is though, if that inhibits people 
have being creative and coming up with ideas for doing things. The barrier isn't helpful. You know, it's it's, it's it serves a purpose, but it's also creating as doing other things. And I've, I've been coaching one or two people who you know won't do things or say I can't do that because it'll never get approved. And you say, well, to say some more about never get approved. Well, the, the procedure won't let me do it. And so mm. you can explore mm. with people. Mm. Okay, well, how could it be if you could overcome that barrier and actually get the things done that you're looking to do? Well, that would be fantastic. But I, but I can't do it because our procedures won't let me do it. So that, that's another example of not just our own internal barriers, but where companies can have internal barriers, which have been put in there for good purposes, but you know could be a, could be a barrier towards growth and progress and, and, uh, and other benefits that the, the, uh, the teams could, could realise. Yeah, and I, I think that's a nice way of looking at it, barriers. You know, what are those barriers? Mm-hmm. There'll be barriers which I'm in control of mm-hmm. and can influence, yeah. and there will be barriers that are out of my control. Yes. And my experience is that a lot of coaches that I work with will focus on those things they can't control. Mm-hmm. And there's pay, a lovely... Pay scales and uh, various other things that are always, oh, I can't do that. There's a ceiling to that. Okay, well, that will, fine. Some of, some of them are, and you can't break through, but some you can yeah, exactly. And some policies or mm. the things that have been put in place, I'm sure for good reason, but we yes. look at them as barriers of stopping us to mm-hmm. succeed or, or to perform. And I think that's where, you know, bringing in another model, another author, Stephen Covey, Seven Habits, yes. mm. talks about sphere of influence or control, mm-hmm. whichever model and approach you want to take. And what I like to do is get people to list those barriers. You know, what's stopping you from mm-hmm. achieving, you know, mm-hmm. And and then what I'd like to then do is, is they filter those that those things that they can control and influence and those things they can't. And part of that journey is helping the coachee to park and not ignore because they're there, they're in the rea- their reality, but not focus on those. Yes. But put their energy and focus on those things that they can influence mm-hmm. and they can reduce the barriers yes. um, of those. And I find there's a major shift when doing that with with clients, which again is very similar to all the other models that we've we've spoken about yeah stephen govey's is he's, he's great again it's, it's a it's a classic proven piece of work isn't it and it um it, it's just so powerful for uh, for overcoming all kinds of things that hold us back yeah and, and i guess we mustn't forget uh, and i think it'd be wrong of us not to bring into this podcast the sort of the godfather of coaching <laughs> which is you know the inner game of tennis yeah absolutely yeah so I, I think that's really important to to remember that, that that work as well, where they talk about self one, self two and, mm-hmm. you know, interference, people and um, performance e- equals potential minus interference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, if our listeners haven't read the Inner Game of Tennis, yep. uh, then they should uh, bear that book in mind uh, as well. Yeah, we get ourselves in that state where we just can't do something and it's, it's helping the coach to lift out of that into a mindset of possibility, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, exactly that, David. May I ask us to get a little bit more practical now mm. and, and bring alive, obviously bearing in mind confidentiality, yes. um, but also to bring alive some some live scenarios where you've helped individual coaches to reduce or to remove those yeah. barriers. So really bring it alive for our listeners. That would be great. Okay, I mean the number I could think of, but some some recent ones. One 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 um, uh, manager I was I was coaching and still still am involved in coaching. Um, when I had the initial you know the initial conversation, the initial uh, um, uh, contracting meeting, and we we talked about goals and and things that the, the person wanted to achieve. It, it, one of the things was about having those sort of difficult conversations with it, with with the team. So when I, when I've got to say to somebody, no, you can't do this, or you know th- this behaviour isn't what we want. 
finding those kind of conversations extremely difficult and extremely challenging. And so we, so we explored why that was, you know, because actually it's sitting down with somebody and, and saying to somebody, no, it's not possible to do what you're asking is a perfectly non-threatening thing to do. But this person was finding that extremely difficult mm. to the point of not doing it. That, you know, they, mm. they, would, they would find ways to allow the individual to be able to do what they wanted to do without having to sit down and have that conversation that says, no, you can't do it. And then this individual that was then getting, you know, um, asked by his his line manager, why have you allowed this? You know that you can't do that. And the only honest answer he could say was because I didn't want to have the conversation with, with that individual. So that and when we explored it, that was an internal barrier that went back to, you know, in, in place years ago when when, uh, when maybe when when this person was a child, it was a good barrier to have in place. You know, you've got to you've got to be appearing to be nice all the time and doing things nicely and not not upsetting people. We're told that as children, aren't we? You mustn't upset people. You mustn't do this. Great when you're kids and you don't want to upset your grandparents and your mum and dad. Fine, but not helpful when you're in a work situation and you've got to say things that are unpopular sometimes to your team. So that was an internal barrier where this this individual has, has been struggling to be able to do that. And so we've used you know coaching techniques. Chimp paradox was uh, has definitely been used, and they found that very very helpful. Um, to 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 break through that, and that individual is now finding it difficult, but he's doing those conversations. And yeah, uh, you've, and you've enabled him great. to overcome that barrier to a yeah. point where he can get over it, and it's Absolutely. not a major yes. obstacle. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. And 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 that sort of area that you you mentioned, David, I find that a lot that people don't want to have, let's say, difficult conversations. Yeah. You know, which human being does want to put themselves into mm-hmm. a difficult position because it it feels it's uncomfortable and it feels like a yeah. threat. So you know, you go as you said right at the beginning putting yourself into a position where you feel there's danger you put barriers yes. around that yeah um and as we get older we've got to find ways chimp paradox being way others that we've mentioned about of reducing those barriers so we can perform mm. and be effective in in those yes. roles mm-hmm. great i think also at this point it would be important just to mention because you mentioned about going back to childhood and i'm sure a lot of those barriers and you've given some great examples of mm. where those barriers have been put in place when we're children Yes. You know, don't speak to strangers. Be nice mm-hmm. to people. I'm sure there's others that we can think. Loads, loads. And they, everyone's got their own. If they're thinking, they can think of their own, can't they? I, I can think back to when that, that was a barrier and it's still in place now. Yeah. I think it would be important uh, for us, for our, our listeners to just to remember that where our boundaries are with, with coaching, because there will be some other listeners saying, well, aren't you reaching into the counselling world yeah, and getting people to talk about the past? Mm-hmm. And bringing up some, you know, some experiences that may trigger certain things yeah. um, and barriers that are, are there. And, and we just evoke those and we evoke really negative emotions that may trigger certain emotions. So give yes. me give our listeners an understanding about how you manage that boundary mm-hmm. when talking about, you know, those barriers that come from quite yeah. a deep past. Yeah, there's no easy answer to that, Trey. Right? I mean, it's one of the things you learn, and then you're very, pretty much stage one of learning to be a coach. You understand about, you know, the 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 boundary between mentoring and coaching, and the boundary between counselling. And it, yeah. it's it's there's no there's no straightforward scientific answer as to which is which. You've got to you've got to learn to understand that it's not easy. Am I straying into an area I shouldn't be straying into here? And there's, there isn't any easy answer I can give to people listening to this how you do it. But you have to be very very careful. But it, it, if there's if somebody's saying something like I can't do this, it's perfectly appropriate to explore why that's the case. And yes, yeah. you're you're you know you're delving into people's past. You have to find out why that barrier is in place to be able to remove it. Provided the the conversation is with the intention of moving to the next stage, which is boxing the chimp and looking at the positive ways forward, I would be comfortable doing that. 
if the coachee then started straying into areas which I was uncomfortable with, they started bringing up things that I knew I wasn't qualified to discuss, I would immediately say, okay, I, th I think that's probably we need to find other ways of, uh, of managing that, which I'm not qualified to deal with. So that's the test I would give. Am I actually qualified to be having this conversation or should I be, um, you know, suggesting that we, we, we refer it somewhere else would be one thing. Yeah. But also, it's also having that skill of understanding as well. How, how far, when, when has the chimp got tired? When have you exercised enough? And if you've exercised enough and you've got to the grips of the problem and you know why the barrier is in place, you don't need to dig anymore. There's no point digging way beyond that into things that are going to be uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. We already know now why the barrier is in place so we yeah. can move on to how do we remove it. Yeah. But I think the danger when you move, when you break into that counselling, you overstep the boundaries, is when you start going too far. When you already know what the problem is, you know why the barrier is there, but you carry on asking more and more questions. That's when it yeah. can be unhelpful and, and, as you say, quite distressing for uh, for, for coaches. Yeah, and I just wanted to raise it because it's really important it to, is very for important. coaches professionally mm -hmm. to understand where that boundary is. And, and yeah. as you say, it's not a it's a grey line, uh, mm -hmm. but we need need to be very conscious of that. Yes. Uh, and one of the ways that I stop myself from going into that space and mm -hmm. crossing that that fine line is rather than ask, you know, what's stopping you? Because yes. that immediately goes back to thinking about the barriers and, and the, the, yes. the history right. and, you yeah. know, in the past. The, the question I love to ask my coaches about, you know, what is it that you can do rather than what is it that you can't do? Yeah. Which I guess sort of shortcuts spending time in the exercising the chimp mm. and going straight into the boxing of the chimp. Say, OK, so what can you do? Chimp, yes. what can That's you it. do? Mm -hmm. Rather than telling me that telling me as the, the person, the chimp's telling me I can't do these things. Well, actually, yep. I'm telling you, this is what I can do. Mm -hmm. So I find that a very powerful exercise. W what I find happens with the coaches, they stumble a little bit because they're not expecting that question. Yep. And and that stumbling is them fighting, I guess, mm. with the chimp because the chimp's saying, well, you can't do anything. Yeah, you know, you're not right. very good. Yeah. You're useless. You can't do this because of this, this and this. But I do hold that. In that case, there must be something you can do. Yeah. And then what's interesting, you see the chimp come to the surface and try and say, well, there's nothing I can do. or I don't know what I can do. That's right. OK, well, just and that's a little bit it's uncomfortable. I call it it's obviously challenge in coaching. Yes. So what can you do? Let's focus on what you can it's do rather very than powerful. It's very great question. Do, do, you, yeah. do you find as well, Trayton, that sometimes the coachee is looking to you to remove the barrier for them? And you know they, they have this barrier and they think, right, if I, if I go and have this coaching session with Trayton or, or with her, they'll tell me what to do. They'll say, this is what you need to do to remove the barrier. You need to do this, this, this and this. And people want you to do that. And, and as coaches, we it's not our place to do that. Sometimes we can give advice and we can say, OK, I've experienced this myself. So have you tried this? That's perfectly mm -hmm. helpful. But, you know, we can't tell them how to do it, even though we might think that there's an easy way of removing this barrier. It's not easy to them. So the only way of them doing it is doing exactly what you've said. What can they do themselves? And you're right, the chimp will then say, well, there's nothing we can do. We can't do it. And it's really working with that coaching, challenging that coaching, say, yes, let's find something. Let's find what you can do yourself. I can't tell you what it is. What is it you can do? And, and if I come back to your question, do, do coaches mm -hmm. want me to find the answer for them yeah. to remove those barriers? Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's easier for them, right? Yes, that's right. And I, I can go straight into the boxing space because mm -hmm. I'm not holding on to the emotions and yep. don't have to have the fight with their chimp, you know, and exercise the chimp. You know, mm. it's not for me to exercise the chimp. It's to help them to find a way of exercising the chimp to then get to the box. So, yes, they do. But that's that's for me when the magic of coaching happens mm. is when we are holding the 
coachy to account and challenging, yeah. if you like, so that they do exercise the chimp and go into that uncomfortable space to find the solution themselves. Mm. And and of course, I'm there to support them and I'll be holding that conversation and facilitating that process. But what I find is if I do give the answer or, or give them a logical approach, I go in boxing it for them. Yeah. Then they don't own it because they haven't processed that effectively. Um, and, you know, most of the challenges, those barriers that they face, you, you say, well, why don't you just do this? There's a simple answer. But but there is that doesn't stick. And no. uh, the chimp comes back up and smothers it again. Yep. So the we've got to be very careful as of co- coaches to think that we've got a simple answer. And, you know, let's be honest. I'm sure you've had this, David, yeah. where you think, oh, come on, get a grip. Just sort it out. It's so a simple answer. Very much so. Yeah, that's the frustrating but, thing where you really we, have to we sit on your hands chimp. and keep quiet. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. Exactly that. So it's a great question. And I'm sure there's a lot of coaches listening that will go, yeah, maybe I should just hold that back a little bit longer. Mm. Allow the individual to exercise the chimp. And, and it's frustrating for a coach in some ways because it doesn't feel like you're making progress. Yeah. But it's important for me, as you say, to exercise the chimp because it's allowing people to process that and, and work it out and calm it down yeah. uh, and get and get that clarity. I was on a I was on a interesting you mentioned that I was on a on a Teams call, Teams meeting session. It, was, it wasn't a Teams coaching session. It was a it was a conversation about coaching. Mm. And it was it was an organization which was uh, they're they all very polite to each other. So in my in my construction uh, experience of work, your teams calls, if you're going to do them, they, they're quite robust affairs. This one, people were very polite. So if you wanted to speak, was, you click the little button and it raised your hands and then you can speak. It was that kind of thing. And th- they were discussing an issue which I, I was confident I, I knew what the answer was. It was dead simple. But we're going round and round the houses and we do this. And the, the obvious answer to me was right there. And that's all it was. And so the temptation for me was to click the button, put my hand up and say, this is what you need to do. And it was so hard not to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it's uh, as all coaches, certainly when we first start out and even yeah. even when we're professional coaches and been doing it for you know many years, mm. you've still got to control. We're going to bring in another analogy here. The, the advice monster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which is articulated very well in Stephen Bungie's Daniel's book, you know, yeah. The Coaching Habit. Which again, if if our listeners haven't read that book, it's a fantastic book uh, and a great website that that he he runs. So, yeah, it's it, it's sometimes you just got to be patient with holding the conversation, allowing the coachee to find the answer themselves, because yeah. that's what it's sustainable. Mm. David, look, it's been fascinating talking with you about these things and and helping me to put into some simple approaches. I've never looked at barriers in that way. And mm-hmm. although I've read The Chimp Paradox and um, I understand those three phases, it's, it's great to hear that being brought alive. And I, I'm assuming that from the examples, uh, and I'm sure this is the case, that that's work for, you know, what I would call your adult coaches, but also yeah. in the great work you do with the charity working mm-hmm. with, with youngsters who mm-hmm. have got probably some pretty horrendous barriers from the lifestyles that they've unfortunately come from. So thank you for bringing that alive. And, and obviously, thank you for the great work that you do with the youngsters and, and helping them to uncover and resolve some of the barriers that they've got to go on and do great things. There's a question that I ask all of my guests. And here at Coaching Focus, we have a very simple purpose. And that purpose is coaching for a better tomorrow. Mm. So bring alive for our listeners your understanding and interpretation from your perspective of coaching for a better tomorrow. Well, that's a, that's a big question to finish with, uh, Drayton. Coaching for a better tomorrow. 
it's a it's a great phrase. I do I do like it because the, the reason why I like that phrase is because it moves you straight to the end. Usually going back to the the chimp paradox model, it moves you straight into the bananas section, if you like, of of, of what's what are the benefits that are going to be to me? What am I going to have at the end of this? So coaching for a better tomorrow is what what is it I'm going to experience if it's me personally or the coachee once we get to that tomorrow. Once I've broken through these barriers, once I've done what it is I need to do, I know it's going to be uncomfortable, but I'm determined I'm going to break through. I'm going to go for that meal in Rome or whatever it is. And I'm going to do it. And then once you've broken through it, you're in that better tomorrow where it opens up all those opportunities that you didn't have before. Greater confidence to do this, greater confidence to go out and meet people. That's the better tomorrow where we've, we've helped individuals break through and experience what's probably been holding them back maybe for 30, 40 years uh, in, in some cases. Yeah. And in very simple terms, you know, we, we, we use the phrase be better. Mm. And I think what you've done today uh, on this podcast is help me and I'm sure our listeners understand what are those barriers that stop us from being better and some very simple and effective approaches to breaking down those barriers so that we can be better. Uh, and as we quite rightly say, you know, creating and coaching for a better mm. tomorrow. So, David, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Trayton. It's been a pleasure as well. It's been great. Thank you very much.